I'm RJ Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. NBA underdogs go a perfect 6-0, including the biggest upset in over 25 years. We'll tell you why. Like we told you yesterday, the Orlando Magic went over the total for the 15th straight time. Tonight versus the Raptors will be number 16 in a row over the total. In a half hour, Lakers favored by five and a half versus OKC. This spread assumes a motivated Lakers team. We disagree. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. and it is live. And what a day to be alive and live on the radio. 225 stations across the country on FSR. Why? It's almost like, and Jonas said this yesterday, March Madness but with NBA players in a bubble with fake digitized fans. Maybe not exactly how you envision it, but I love the action from morning to night. Speaking of action, Steve Fezzik in studio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and occasionally other days, but it's almost like getting your accountant on April 15th. He's getting Fez on Tuesday and Wednesday. He's here, though, today or Tuesday and Thursday. Now, do you do your pecs on other, you know, usually people back in the day would do their pecs Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You work Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So do you do your, like a split routine Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday? Spot on. But really the workout in this case is doing something for your wife. <laughs> Carrying in the groceries. Exactly. Like doing something, you know, at her behest. All right. Well, we are the pros. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. He's the Joe. He's in L.A. Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have another full day of NBA action from the bubble in Orlando, we've got bad news for one college football program. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. Up until five minutes ago, it was going to be the college football. And it dawned on me, this is BS. I don't care. We'll talk about it in a little bit later. NBA we talked about it in the headlines. The underdogs, a perfect 6-0 and against the spread, including the biggest upset in 25-plus years in the NBA. And you could say, well, RJ, six uh, underdogs, maybe it's random. Maybe, but I think it's not, and I think we know why the underdogs are doing so well. Yeah, it was history yesterday from the bubble in Orlando. The Nets, a 119-116 outright winner over the Milwaukee Bucks. And no doubt the game of the night saw the Portland Trailblazers 110-102 over the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I got a lot of things to say. A couple Colin Cowherd comments here. I thought he was his first, you know, I listen loyally, big fan of the show of the herd and I think Colin was wrong in both is he has like a 1A 1B kind of opening the show I think it was 1A wrong 1B wrong 
we'll talk about that. But let's lead with why the underdogs, I think, are covering. Now, think about playoffs. And people, let's think of NFL playoffs, for example. Underdogs do horribly there. Now, on the surface, that's counterintuitive. Why would the underdogs do horribly? Because you would think, wow, they're good enough. They're getting the points, and they're good enough to make the playoffs. Right? A playoff team getting points. That seems like a solid, intrinsically, that's a solid bet. But it's not. It's horrible, actually. And here's why. The favorites are always focused. And that the whole value on underdogs, the whole value is the percentage of the time the favorite is a little lackadaisical, just a little not tuned in. And we know it happens, right? Flat spots, sandwich spots. We hear that all the time. You can't know for sure, Fez, when there's a flat spot, but you can have a pretty good idea. Like when there's that, when there's that perfect storm of flatness, college football, let's say, you know, like in Oklahoma has the Red River shootout next week and the week before they had a tough one and now they're laying 33. To Kansas, yes. And it's the one time you it's might always Kansas on KU, right? Yeah. So in that case, it's not that you love Kansas. It's that you don't like the motivational profile of Oklahoma in that case. Sure, yes. But in the playoffs, there's never a time that a favorite, no matter how much they're favored by, is going to be lackadaisical in the NFL playoffs. Thus, they dominate the big favorites. Now, think about what we gave you about 10 days ago. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. The second day of the baseball season. That's been 10 days, right? Or has that been longer than that? 17? I don't know. Hmm. No, I guess it's, yeah, it just started last week. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> and at that time, we gave you three winners. And, yeah, I like to talk about that. But also, what was the rationale? Is we were playing favorites that weren't crazy big favorites because we figure history told us, in fact, that favorites early in the season, especially opening game, were focused. How, how can you not be focused the first game of the year? Oh, let's take, let's not worry about that. No. And thus, again, if you can identify, and you don't hear this, if you can identify when the favorites have very little chance of being not motivated, favorites are the way to go. If there's a question about it, motivation, then underdogs are the way to go. So what does that mean for the NBA bubble? It means that for the first game or two or so, every team was going to be motivated. Lakers, Lakers, we made a big deal. They clinched. Well, we knew they were going to clinch, right? What was the odds they weren't going to be the one seat? It was a matter of when they were going to do it. So what happened? They played the Clippers hard because they didn't want there to be a statement game against them. They, then they played lackadaisical seemingly against Toronto, right? Yes. And then they said, you know, let's just take care of this. Boom. And maybe they did. Who knows? Because LeBron really wasn't that engaged on the scoring side. AD's got off and, hey, he had started a little slow. So this is an example where I think from here on, game three on, three through eight, motivation is going to wildly vary. I mean, Jonas, think about, and we've been talking Zion a bunch. One day Zion's playing 15 minutes. Next day he's playing 14. Now all of a sudden he's playing like there's no limit to his minutes. I think it calls into question the whole limited minutes to start with if all it took was losing two games to say, well, actually his health isn't all that important. So, <laughs> And we can debate that or not, but I think what I see, and I want to see if Jonas does, is 
that the amount of motivation on these teams is, is varying so wildly because this is a one-of-a-kind situation. And because of that, in general, dogs are going to be the better bet because there's questionable motivation with the favorites. Dogs 6-0 and yesterday against the spread. And obviously, Milwaukee, questionable motivation. What do you think, Jonas? I totally agree. I also was thinking about this, and I wanted to run this by you guys. Do you think that because this is so unique and so one-of-a-kind, and we've never seen it before, that maybe some of these lines aren't set right because they're not really able to factor in what's happening in Orlando? Because like we said, it's a first time for everybody involved, not only the players and the coaches, but also the sports books, the media, everybody that's covering this. And we talk about this all the time. The, with a guy like Fezzik, a, a true pro, a consummate pro as a handicapper, the more variables there are, the better. Because all the other rote decisions, R-O-T-E, the default, the no-brainer decisions, everybody can make those. Right? I might not be a great nutritionist, but I know not to eat a bucket full of sugar. Right? So those are the easy decisions. But the more sophisticated the situation gets, the more unique, like this one in the bubble, the more or the less kind of default decisions there are. So, yes, Jonas, I agree with you. The variance, the uh, uncertain factors are bigger and more plentiful when it comes to the bubble. But I think that there can be biases that are consistent. And in general, so I would answer your question as, yes, on top of the fact I think underdogs are going to have extra value because there's so much question about favorites and their motivation, I think that's part of the reasons there's extra value on the bubble betting. Not the only reason, though. And, and the other reasons are the other factors that, quite right. frankly, and Steve, I'll ask you what those factors, or maybe one of those, what else do you feel like is not being properly priced in the bubble? Well, when you look at Milwaukee, look at the minutes played last night. Giannis only played 16 minutes. Chris Middleton, 16 minutes. So increased variance, increased uncertainty when it comes to motivation because you don't play the MVP. That's a sign of lack of motivation. Exactly. Milwaukee didn't care if they won the game, and they were laying 18 and a half. Crazy. Yeah, and again, that was historic. We had it breaking on the show yesterday. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Let's talk about one of the things quickly that Colin was talking about. He was talking about, as many people, and Fez, you like to say Dame. Dame. Now, do you have any other nicknames for him? <laughs> like, do you call Just, him like... It's Dame time. Da you say, and, and what does that mean at the Fezzik house when you say that? That means when... It means you're bringing in the, in the, the girlfriend from outside? <laughs> it's Dame time? No? No. Okay. I mean, it just seems weird that in your house you're going to announce it's Dame time. <laughs> when I bet on Portland and he's draining threes, I go, it's Dame time. <laughs> we respect women here, Steve. I mean, whatever old school traditions you had. No, he's he actually very much respects women because he, he, you're mystified by him in a way. What you say? Completely. I mean, you, you went all those years hardly talking to him, and then finally you got a wife. And it's like, who is, what's going well, on? Well, they here? wouldn't talk to me. Exactly. And then, but then you, let's be candid. When the girls don't like you, you tend to, people in general tend to start to dislike the That's girls. That's a good point. But, yes. did you, but you didn't, though. You kept a chipper heart because you knew one day you'd be rich and it'd all be better. There's probably some correlation. <laughs> <laughs> That's Steve Fezzik. Jonas is looking like, how did this show take a turn this way? 
<laughs> He's like, I just got married, man. Keep me out of this. <laughs> All right, I'm RJ Bo. So here's the thing: is Colin was talking about how Dame was so much better than Westbrook, and the whole argument was how they played against each other, where there was nine games, and it was this many points per game for Dame, this many for Westbrook. And if the question is who would win a one-on-one or who would win a five-on-five with those two being captains, I think it's a great argument. But the question should be how good are these players overall? So they say styles make fights, right? So Ali, greatest heavyweight, many believe, I believe, of all time, he had huge problems with Ken Norton. You might not even know Ken Norton, but he broke Ali's jaw the first time they fought, and he beat Ali. And then the second and third fight were the two toughest or among the toughest of Ali's career. They were wars, but Ali gutted them both out. He would have never got that Foreman fight if he hadn't beaten Nor- beat Norton the second time. But it's not like Norton's an all-time heavyweight. It's because... Styles make fights. So Dame and Westbrook, no doubt, if you listen to those stats, it's it, you know, and they're accurate. Is heads up, Dame does better, but it doesn't mean he's better than Westbrook. And to me, here's what I think Collins missing on his. Mm, I won't say vendetta against Westbrook. Let's just say it seems like a consistent, you know, negativity. And I get why. There's a lot of selfishness that you could see with Westbrook, kind of you know, worrying about that rebound to get the triple-double and all that. I wonder, though, and this is going to seem weird, but I really wonder, if somehow, right when Michael Jordan was ready to go over the top and beat the Pistons and get to the mountaintop, if somehow his team would have been gutted that very year, what would have happened? He was like growing, maturing, growing, and then all of a sudden his team's taken away effectively where you know he can't really compete. Does he get to be more of a team guy? Or does he become even more extreme in his self-reliance, in his I'm Superman, I'll do the best I can, and I'm going to carry us as far as I can? Interesting thought, don't you think, Steve? Yeah, and I think probably Jordan becomes Superman at that point and does do it all, but it, bottom line, it's not wouldn't have been well, enough. Well, I, I don't think, yeah. And here's the thing. I don't, I'm not saying uh, that Westbrook is as good as Jordan. I'm not saying he has the mental toughness as Jordan. I'm saying there's a lot of similarities there. He never quits. He's he always is working hard. He wants to take the responsibility himself. If anything, too much effort game by game. We worry about is he going to burn out? Westbrook, and you could yeah. worry that about Jordan at the time. And he did burn out. I mean, why go to baseball? Why quit after '98? Right? He did burn out. And to me, if somehow Westbrook had grooved into like maybe it's the case with the Rockets. I don't think it is, but it could be a championship type team. There's a whole different epilogue at the end of the story, right, for Jordan, and there would be for Westbrook. And this is what I got to give him massive credit for. Last thought. If the complaint is he's too me, 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 what player, what superstar, what top 10 player has made a change to his game more drastic based upon the situation as Westbrook has from last year to this year, not shooting threes, becoming like a super duper utility guy, almost like a rod, like a guardman or a guard that's Rodman almost. He's looking for tip-ins, he's cutting to the bats. That's not glory stuff. That's not me, me, me stuff. So when he was faced with, I'm not going to be able to win with the me, 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 and he was offered an alternative, 
Westbrook took it. And I think we got to give him credit for that. And I think the same thing that Colin didn't like about him, that changes. I agree with that. And I think Westbrook really has developed a very high basketball IQ. When he drives, he makes great decisions when to shoot the short shot versus kicking it out to threes. And I agree he's effective. But to me, what's most important is the fact that he made a change that was so counter to how he had been, which goes against the narrative that he's me, me, me. So when we come back, we'll hear if Jonas has any thoughts on that. Hard break here. And also, we got a game coming at 630. It's the Lakers. Fez, you have a pick on this game. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We are Straight Out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will give you a preview at the 6.30 Eastern Time tip-off from Orlando. And Faz has a pick, so let's make it quick. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. You've seen why. Come on. It's been a hell of a show so far. Have you? You've already said anything. <laughs> but, you know, listen, by not saying things at the wrong time is a contribution. Addition by subtraction. But, but we got a pick coming up in just a moment. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. That's convenient. Right now in Las Vegas, 104 degrees. The neon is chugging. So, RJ, coming up five minutes from now on ESPN, the first of two, a doubleheader tonight from Orlando. It is the Thunder and the Lakers. And right now on pregame.com, L.A. is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And to me, Fez, and we'll talk, uh, finish the Westbrook in a minute after the pick and also talking Clippers and this 15 straight overs with the Magic. Jeez. So, Fez, my first question when I looked at this line today was, huh, what would the line have been if the Lakers didn't have questionable motivation? And your answer to me was super insightful. Yeah, line would have been what it is currently, five and a half. So, they're assuming a Thunder team that has played very hard the entire year. Chris Paul's done an amazing job leadership-wise, bringing that team along with him. We can feel pretty confident they're motivated, the Thunder. Playing the Lakers, absolutely. Why is the Lakers motivated here? This seems like the game of games not to be motivated. You got AD off, so he's feeling good. LeBron, obviously, it's about rest and reconditioning. You got your, you beat the Clippers, and now you just clinched the division or the West. This seems like the flat of flat spots, but the line is saying no, Lakers are motivated here. I don't think there's any like reason they're motivated. I think the Thunder's the pick. It is the pick. I love the Thunder here, plus five and a half best bet. The Lakers. Wow, in the moment. The Lakers, fat and happy. Like you said, they just clinched number one. They just had a nice game against Utah. And look at the schedule, RJ. The Lakers play one back-to-back situation in Orlando all year. They play the Rockets tomorrow. I think that means limited minutes for LeBron. Oh, that's Limited minutes point. for AD. I bet the Thunder. I love the Thunder plus five and a half. So think about this. Who is the team the Lakers are worried about? Perimeter teams. Avery Bradley's absence, Jonas has been talking about. And I think he's absolutely right about it. To me, if you have to say they're going to be flat in one of these games, 
You don't want the Rockets putting up like you know beating you by 35 in a three-point barrage and getting a lot of confidence. I think they who knows how many minutes they forget effort level. There might not be a bunch of minutes with LeBron. Exactly right, and that's why I also played LeBron under 23 and a half points for a prop bet. Okay, so the over/under is 23 and a half LeBron's points. That's a two-point downward adjustment. So they're already saying in the number we don't think LeBron's going to make much effort or less effort than usual, and you're saying even under 23.5, you're adding another best bet? Exactly right. Best bet LeBron. Why don't we make this? Because you got 10 straight winners, right? Yes. Why don't we make the... Thund- I mean, this is the first time you've actually risked something that could lose in like three months, <laughs> meaning lose like in the near term. So let's make the Thunder, it's your decision, a best bet, and we'll call it a super-duper prop, but it's not a best bet on LeBron. That's fine. Now, do you think uh, we've got just a couple of minutes until tip-off? One of these 6.30 Eastern time tips that you did last week, RJ, or it might have been earlier this week, the line actually moved after you made the pick. Do you think Fez has got enough stroke amongst the Vegas bookies to where this line could drop to five? Well, remember now, what what happens when you do see those moves and, and, you know, Again, correct in what you said, so I'll just leave it to others to decide what caused it. But it's usually going to be the public money, whereas, okay, someone says something. And it's funny, back when Colin, years ago, he was back at ESPN, he was hot as hot could be on his Blazing Five. And a lot of people said, and Colin started talking about he's moving the lines, a lot of people were like, oh, that's egotistical, he's crazy. No. When you have a million people or whatever listening to you, and you're like, 80% 80% on the season, you don't think a lot of $50 bettors are, are going to follow a lot of his picks? It's the accumulation of those small bets. There's no better's words is ever going to change a bookie's mind. It's a better's bet. So if, go ahead, Fess. Yeah, exactly right. The bookies aren't listening to me. It's the betters, and the bookies react to the betters. But here's the thing, though. They're not listening. The bookies aren't listening to you with their ears. But if you put in a $5,000 bet right now, boom, that bookie, they call it booking, as you know, booking faces, right? This is Steve Fezzik's bet. Let's look at his his. Oh, his history is really solid for him, not for us. Maybe we move the line. Exactly right. All $5,000 bets being made are not the same. That wealthy businessman from Texas versus a Fezzik betting $5,000, they're going to pay more attention to me than the... Did you just refer to yourself in the third person? (laughs) (laughs) I did. I mean, really? It's Bush League psycho stuff. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's like. Bad. I mean, I can't imagine saying it like an R.J. Bell. I mean, I just can't imagine it. So Jonas and I am R.J. Bell <laughs> in first person. We are we straight out of Vegas. What do you think of the Westbrook situation and Colin? And you're, you know, I know you are biased, but go ahead. Well, here's on the Westbrook stuff, and you were talking about seeing a player who takes a different approach, maybe later in their career than what they would have done earlier in their career, just identifying that maybe they need to improve somewhere or just kind of change the perception of who they are. And I've always thought, and and the example that I, I look at is a guy. The difference between a Roy Jones and a Bernard Hopkins. Roy Jones was so athletically gifted 
expected that he never really learned the the in you in and outs and innuendos and things like that that Bernard Hopkins did. Bernard Hopkins was so technical and he learned all these different skill tactics. And what ended up happening is that uh, Roy Jones Jr. faded away earlier in his career, and Bernard Hopkins was fighting in title fights in his fifties. And Russell Westbrook and guys like him and Cam Newton remind me of a lot of Roy Jones, where they're so physically gifted. I just wonder what their off-speed pitch is going to be like now, because we always see the but fastball. Aren't we seeing, aren't we seeing that with and, Westbrook? And, and that's what's impressive, is because he has figured it out. I Maybe I can't play that way and survive in this league for as long as, as I was before, so now I've got to learn how to play a different way, and it's having an effect, and Houston's a scary team in the West. And I'm not sure you're even giving him enough credit, because I would make the case that Westbrook probably could play and let's say he went back to the hero ball if somehow he was with OKC still and it was the old team, right? Let's yeah. say that was an alternative, alternative universe. Would he be exactly the same player? No. But he'd probably be 95%. He'd still probably have the best chance in the NBA to average a triple-double. Right? So to me, he could still be one of one when it came to that kind of player. It was just he's presented with another opportunity, and he, I think he's chosen to take it as opposed to been kind of forced into it by limitations of his body. Yeah, I would totally agree. And I think the comparison to Jordan, and, and it's not to say that he's as good of a player as Jordan for people that are going to jump on that, but the comparison to Jordan is appropriate in the fact that Jordan was hero guy, scored a bunch of points. I mean, when you lose a playoff game and you score six, 63 we got a problem <laughs> you know like that's that shouldn't happen but that was his style of play and once he welcomed the idea of getting his teammates involved picking up the nuances of the game then you saw a different Jordan and you saw what eventually became the great the greatest of all time and the question is if Jordan would have had huge disappointments at the time remember there was a point in the last dance where he said this is the time you got to go to Paxson, I think it was. Yeah. And he was willing to do it. And they said that was the fork in the road. But imagine if Paxson misses that shot and misses the next 10. <laughs> now what? Right? Yeah. Do you think I was right all along, Phil Jackson gets fired, and you become that same guy? And even more extreme. So the fact that Jordan won when he made the transition made it easier Westbrook now is winning a little bit, and it seems like he's willing to do it. The question is going to be, if they don't win it this year, which is very likely they won't, will it continue this next year, or is he going to say enough of this already? Because his personal stats have gone down. If you look at the career, Westbrook's PER is 20th all-time. Everybody, 20th. Dame <laughs> is number 39 all-time. But this season... Dame is number nine in the NBA, PER, Westbrook number 31. So the stats, PER, which is a loved stat, doesn't appreciate what Westbrook is doing the same way maybe we do. The stats don't add up to contribute to PER the same way. Because look at three-pointers. He's almost cut his three-pointers in half, his attempts. So it's a very unselfish style of play. Last word, Fez. Yeah. Oh, did you have something? Just that Portland is just poised to really improve. They got back Nurkic. You mean, big... you mean during the rest of the bubble? Yes. They're they're a bet on team. Nurkic came back from his leg fracture and he looks great. This Portland team, no one's going to want to play this team. No one wants Portland to make the playoffs. So <laughs> um, that's interesting because I mean, if you actually look at the competitiveness and we've got the updated odds, I just got to find those. Let's do this. Let's talk Clippers first 
And let's get Jonas's thought. So Colin today, and I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas, was talking about the Clippers don't care. The Clippers don't care. And they'll care when it matters. To me, I think where that's wrong is I've never seen a team pick and choose when they want to try and that work out well. Now, it's interesting. McKenzie in research, pregame.com, he said, well, what about the Spurs? The Spurs used to sit people, blah, 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 blah. To me, it was Popovich saying, I'm not going to sacrifice a playoff win for a regular season win. Meaning, if I think this is going to hurt my team playing this back-to-back, not giving Duncan a rest, I'm willing to say I don't care. I'm not going to mindlessly care about regular season games. But the default for the Spurs was to care about every game. They would judiciously choose to have one game suffer the regular season for the playoffs. Jonas, this Clipper team seems entirely different. They seem to be saying, wake me up when these games matter. I've never seen a team win that way. Yeah, this approach would make a lot more sense to me if this were a normal regular season and you were just playing a continuation through April and into the playoffs in May and June. But this is different because not only were you trying to come together as a team before the pandemic, but then you had four months off. So then you've got to restart trying to come together again. And it seems like you got Lou Williams and Atlanta and, and Montrez Harrell's got you know obviously a passing in his family so he's dealing with that and Kawhi Leonard started off sluggish and Paul George paid, played well but he hasn't spent the whole year it just seems like the approach that they're taking is the one that makes more sense if you have a continued season as opposed to four months off but tell me the team even with a continued season that acted that way just look at the last dance they knew it was the last dance they had won two in a row and still Jordan didn't want to lose those games losing is contagious yeah I'm trying to I mean you could say maybe the Lakers talked about turning it like in the early 2000s talked about I think that I think the beginning of the season that the Shaq would play himself into shape maybe but let's just say this for a team that literally has one player that's won a title the Clippers need to learn to win yeah and, I mean, and, also, and yeah. Doc Rivers, and I know this because I remember this back in 2010, Doc Rivers was quoted as saying, I don't care about seeding. I just want to be healthy going into the playoffs. That was his whole goal. And and it seems like he's taking sort of a similar approach to this to where I don't care about seeding. I just want to get in there. Well, the difference was that was a team that had won a title and played together for years. This is basically a brand new team. 40% of your starting five wasn't there a year ago. So you're, you're trying to take that same approach in the bubble. Jonas is making a great point. Last word on this, which is the Clippers, if anything, had an advantage because of the delay – uh, with the COVID delay, because here's a team that wasn't really integrated because of the new pieces, having a second training camp, having eight games that the stakes really were low was an opportunity for cohesion. Instead, they're saying, skip that, wake us up when it matters. Yeah, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, both have played about 10 games. They really could have used some extensive practice during summer camp with the other guys. I'm going to give you the updated odds on the number eight seed playoff spot in the West. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Updated odds on the West playoff spot number eight. Grizzlies, 52%. This is from the ringer. Blazers, 19%. Pelicans, 18%. Spurs, 9%. Suns, 2%. 
Kings less than 1%. By the way, Aaron Judge, you can still get 10 to 1 odds on him to win the MVP. What do you think of that, Fez? Well, seven home runs already, I'd have to look that way. I think there's value. Last break coming up. We got Fez continuing with the NFL previews. Who's next in the rankings? We'll find out. That's coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store or curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight Out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. So, Fez, let me tell you something here. You got your pick coming up, and this is the second best bet you've got. Remember, we're counting down 32, down to one. And just by coincidence, that number one is going to be the day before kickoff, just by happenstance. Now we're on team number, what is it, 25 today, 25. right? First, though, you got a best bet. First, let's talk about this Orlando Magic. 15 straight games, they've gone over the total. If you were just flipping a coin, flipping a coin, flipping a coin, you would 15 straight times, How if I said I'm going to get 15 straight heads, what's the odds of that? One half to the 15th. Oh, so, so I thought you had these things figured that's out. That's 32,000 to one. Okay. So 32,000 to one. It's funny. I know that one because for about a year when I was doing the um, stuff on Donahue way back 10 years mm. ago, he had had 15 straight games that fell a certain way. So I thought you would know that one, and you did. All right. So think about it. The Magic are doing something that if you just said randomly, the odds are what? That it would go over this many times? 32,000 to one. Now, does that mean it's not random? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But you always got to worry about, has the line gone up too much? So right now, the total is 222.5. Would you bet this over tonight? This is Raptors playing the Magic. This would be 16 straight overs. I would not bet over because there's too much public money, this trend. Everyone is aware of it now. And I feel that that extra money in the marketplace probably has juiced the total upwards. Except I'm not sure it has, though. You're saying that part of the reason you don't like it earlier was because the line isn't getting bet up. Well, I think some big bet, big bettors are betting under, and I don't know why. Because I think they think the same as you. There's a default. Mm. i tell you this. If I had to pick tonight, I would go over. I think that there's... That once a streak, here's the thing, that's a square thing to say. Wise guys love to talk about how they don't go for those short-term things. We never know. Is something fixed? Is something going on? In general, when things are hard to believe, you start to say, maybe I should believe them. I don't mean you should believe them for sure, but don't be such a skeptic, I think. When something goes, like in general, if you go to a roulette wheel and it's 15 straight reds, what do you play? Red. Why? Because the wheel may be biased. Well, what about here then? What's different about this? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. The question is, how much has the adjustment been made? Because that's the thing to bet against. It's not, it's, it's not an easy answer. So, Jonas, 
we got that covered. We're going to do the best bet. But you're the boss when it comes to these, you know, making money. Absolutely. Uh, and, and by the way, on the roulette subject, I would go black. If I saw red hit 10 straight times, I would go Well, you're go a black. contrarian, dude. That's, we that's know the, that. That's what I do. Also, want to let you know, RJ, we are brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations. In-store or curbside, visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Speaking of Vegas, that brings us to team number 25 on our countdown. 32 all the way to one of NFL teams heading into the 2020 season, and it's the team in your backyard, RJ, those Las Vegas Raiders. And Faz, you got the under here, so let's just start there. Under, and the win total here is... Seven and a half. Seven and a half. One reason is you believe last year's seven wins was deceiving. Yes, Raiders are overrated because they did win seven games last year, but this team got outscored by over 100 points. So if you told me that, that's the only piece of information I had, a team got outscored by that much, I'd say this is a 5-11 and 11 team. They were fortunate, won some close games to get to seven wins. Aberration for their win-loss record. So this is the Pythagorean theorem, correct? Yes. Whereas they say in the long run, the number of... Your, your point spread margin is, or not even point spread margin, but your actual win margin is more important than your actual wins because you're going to win half or whatever of close games in the long run. If you win more or less of those, it can affect your record, but it doesn't really affect how good you are. Exactly. So in a way, they were more convincing in their losses than their wins last year. Second reason you are pessimistic about the Raiders. Strength of schedule. The Raiders have a very difficult schedule. Third most difficult in the NFL this year. Last year, RJ, they had one of the 10 easiest schedules, so much tougher opponents this year. So another way they they were overrated last year. They had a relatively easy schedule. They relatively won more games than they should have. Everyone's saying, hey, that's the new normal for the Las Vegas Raiders. But in truth, that new normal should be more towards five wins instead of seven. Exactly right. But somehow, they were only five-point underdogs at Green Bay. One of the great mystery lines I've ever seen in my life. And they almost covered that game. It was a fluke they didn't. Last thing for me. So, Fez, make it official. Under Raiders, under... Under seven and a half wins, best bet. The thing that causes me a little concern there is John Gruden loves veterans. I think in this pandemic era, veterans is going to be an advantage. But I think that advantage is one they suffer for later, meaning they're going to let go of rookies and keep veterans, the Raiders will, Gruden will, which helps them maybe transition with COVID. But it hurts him later in the year, hurts him next year. So I'm gonna call I'm gonna say I agree with you, but I don't love it. By the way, all the college stuff, it's meaningless. There's no money in this. Follow the money. There's no money at UConn. There's no money in Division Two or Three. So you know what? They don't care. There's money with Ohio State and Alabama. They do care. That's what matters. Straight out of Vegas has been brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. To get in the zone. AutoZone, if you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com just search straight out of vegas the odd couple is next on many of these fox sports radio affiliates we are back tomorrow 6 p.m eastern time three o'clock pacific right here on fox sports radio straight out of vegas. 